Welcome to episode eight of the Leading in Legacy podcast from Concordia St. Paul. I'm your host, Billy Schultz, and today is Tuesday, December 17th, 2019. In just a few short weeks, our incoming president, Reverend Dr. Brian Friedrich, takes office. As both Brian and his wife, Lori, are CSP alums, we want to give you the opportunity to welcome them back to campus. You may have seen our emails and our social media posts the past few weeks inviting you to send them a note. If you haven't sent yours yet, you have a few days left to do so. I'll put the link in the show notes, or you can head over to our Facebook page to find the link. It's really straightforward. You supply your name, and you write your welcome note. And what we're going to do is compile these notes in a booklet to present to Brian and Lori. So we hope you'll participate if you haven't yet. President Friedrich will be installed as CSP's 10th president on Friday, January 24th at 10.30 a.m. in the Buteau Auditorium. We know that it might be difficult for some to make it during the work week to campus, so we're excited to share that the installation service will be live streamed. Stay tuned for the link to that stream. We'll have that out um, in the new year. President Friedrich's inauguration is going to take place on Thursday, April 30th at 7 o'clock p.m. in the Gangelhoff Center. Um, That's commencement weekend for our spring commencement ceremonies. We hope that uh, you might be able to join us for that celebration as well, either virtually or in person. Now, you might be asking yourself, Billy, what's the difference between an installation and an inauguration? Well, here's how we describe it. The installation is the church ceremony to place President Friedrich in his role as president. The inauguration is the academic ceremony to mark the start of his tenure at Concordia St. Paul. So the reason why we have both of those is, as you may be aware, uh, the presidential office at Concordia is a dual purpose, both the spiritual leader and the academic head of our campus. So we look forward to celebrating both uh, President Friedrich's installation and inauguration in 2020. Also on that note, I'm excited to share that President Friedrich will be our first guest in 2020 on this podcast. Uh, That episode comes out January 14th, so if you haven't yet subscribed, please do so and look for that episode to be released in early January. If you're considering uh, CSP in your year-end giving, now is a really great time to do so. Uh, We have a generous benefactor who offered a challenge grant Um, of $150,000. So that means gifts to the Opportunity Fund will be doubled. And that is any gift made from now until January 15th. I'm going to also include a link to our giving page in the show notes so you can do that. I'm here today with Shelly Schwalm. She has two degrees from Concordia, a uh, Mm -hmm. Bachelor of Arts in Christian Ministry, uh, DC certification and, and a master in fine arts and writing, creative writing, right? That is correct. Uh, yeah. She works here at Concordia as our uh, CSP ministry associate. Uh, been in that role for a number of years and excited to have you on today, Shelly. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, we were classmates uh, at yeah. Concordia and so it's really fun to be working here together and, That's right. and being on a podcast. So yeah, excited to talk with you about your experiences here and uh, as well as your work in ministry. I think it'd be uh, really helpful for our alumni to hear what's happening with campus ministry and uh, university ministry uh, these days. So yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's get into it. Cool. So (laughs) you came to CSP. I did. Tell us about that experience about like, because I know, I know your story, but you know, for those who don't know your story, how did you come across Concordia St. Paul. Yeah. And and why why did you choose to come here? Yeah, so I grew up in small town Kansas, which makes it a little bit surprising of landing in St. Paul. Uh when I graduated from high school, I did a year serving with a ministry called Youth Encounter. Uh rest in peace Youth Encounter. No longer exists, but uh for a very long time served the church with youth ministry teams that would often be sent out for a year at a time. And so I served a year with them. Not really sure of what I wanted to do after high school. I thought probably pursuing music and theater. But about halfway through that year, um, talking with a handful of people about what a DCE ministry would look like, and I didn't really know about it because there weren't any where I grew up with very small rural churches. Um, but we did training for Youth Encounter in the Twin Cities, so I got a little bit familiar with the Twin Cities. I drove by CSP once, (laughs) 
And oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, so I was applying for college from the road when I was serving uh, with Youth Encounter on the East Coast. And a week after I got done uh, with ministry on the road, um, moved in to Walliger Hall. So no official tour or anything no. off campus or nope. talking with anybody in any programs, just here you Never, are. <laughs> right. Didn't meet a DCE director or anything, which there was a vacancy at that time mm-hmm. when I started to. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just rolled up with my suitcase into Walliger Hall when it was still a ladies res hall. Mm. I always like to tell students that, that I moved into Walliger Hall and they're like, what? <laughs> Girls used to live there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, and it's so funny because I just kind of rolled up and uh, chose this, but I think that year of ministry on the road was really helpful for me and clarifying um, where I would, I still tell students if I would have gone to college straight away, it, I probably would have been in college so long because mm. I would have had no idea who I was or what I was doing and, and it stuck. Mm-hmm. So, so much so that I'm back here. Yeah. Still here. <laughs> Indefinitely. Which is so, fantastic. Yeah. So yeah. like what, what were you involved in as a student? What kind of things uh, occupied your time and, and helped you kind of develop uh, and, and find those passions and gifts yeah. and everything? I, I was just talking with a friend about this the other day. I am kind of blown away at all the things that I did during college. Uh, and we've grown a bit since then where mm-hmm. I don't think as many students are living that way, but there's still a lot who are involved in a lot of different things. But I'm thinking about, wow, my first two years I did theater, uh, the, all the main stage productions, and I was in Christus Chorus, and I was an RA, and I led a fish team, um, like all these different kinds of pockets of involvement um, so mostly with mostly with music and with campus ministry and being a, a student worker in in the campus ministry. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> area we got to hang out a fair amount, um, but mostly with music and and ministry types of things. But also being an RA was super significant and important. Mm-hmm. Um, intramural sports, of, of course. course. You know, there's that. Um, yeah, those are kind of the biggest, kind of the biggest pieces. Yeah, very cool. So, what was it like uh, for you getting into the DC program then, and experiencing those courses and field work and, and all of that leading up to internship? What was that like for you? Yeah, I I think um, well, first of all, I had some amazing professors. Um, Kevin Hall became the DCE director mm-hmm. my sophomore year. Uh, so had him as well as adjuncts Derek Broughton and Marilyn Sharp, who were just phenomenal people. <laughs> amazing, yeah. And I still tell stories of formative moments for me um, to students about time management or about uh, what it means to learn how to disappoint people when you have to set boundaries. You know, some of these things where they were really formative lessons for me. Um, plus just Marilyn's affirmation yes. of every person ever <laughs> always. And that's just something always to emulate. Um, but so the faculty, of course, but then I think about how some of my best friends came through those classes and, and the DCE program and how close of a community that we had. And they're still some of my best friends, you know, and so that treasure of, yeah, there's still the people I call and text and be like, what do we do with this ministry thing or this life thing? Or I need prayer. or You know me well enough to see things about this situation that I don't. And yeah, so that's, those are probably the biggest things. I mean, I remember staying up crazy late in the CMC. Yes. Right. <laughs> uh, the campus ministry center in the tunnel, um, writing exegetical papers or, uh, many and various things uh, together. Our family systems project, closing project, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> all these, all these big ministry things that we kind of slogged through together, mm-hmm. and yeah, and of course, Doctor Trap. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, what's Old Testament? <laughs> or did you have him for OT, or did you have him for uh, like uh, 
church of ministry or I had him for OT, OT2 and uh Christian ministry and practice. Okay. So I had him for three classes. And the freshman like OT, he just tries to be I think he just needed everybody to be humbled a bit. Oh and, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and the the line, what was his line of I don't want C Bible students teaching my grandchildren. Like, <laughs> okay, this yes, is sir. terrifying. <laughs> but also, so like really learning to respect and take seriously the study of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, but also he was such a pastor. Yeah. And I don't know that every student had that experience, but there were a lot of conversations I had with Tom and I still have with Tom from time to time mm-hmm. when I run into him that he's just such a pastor and yeah. an encourager and um quick to speak the gospel. Uh so those those uh glimpses, it was actually really funny. I was speaking at the National Youth Gathering over the summer um as one of the Bible study leaders, and I told a story about Dr. Trapp and uh, a moment like that where he was pastoring me. And I mentioned him by name, Dr. Trapp. Well, there was somebody there who had been pastored by him oh, wow. and saw him later that week and were like, we heard this speaker at the gathering who talked about Dr. Trapp. And then I saw him in the hallway oh a couple gosh. weeks later and he's like, I heard somebody was talking about him. I was like, yes, see Dr. Guilty. Trapp, your legacy goes on. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I mean, I look back to Old Testament and that was first semester freshman year, like... I mean, just opening the Bible in new ways and like, oh my gosh, like you, I just saw things so much yeah. clearer than I had from, you know, church growing up and youth yeah. group and everything. It was like, it was, I mean, yeah, so formative that I still read the Old Testament the same way today. Yeah. And I tell students, yeah, we got a blank piece of paper and then you got to write down everything you knew about the Kings or yeah. the Joseph story or whatever. And I, one of the the quotes that from him that sticks out in my mind often in ministry is your first call, your first job is to love the people that have called you. Mm-hmm. And there's, regardless of who you are, or who they are, or where you're at, like that's, there's always going to be people in front of you to love and, and figure out how to walk with. So yes, Absolutely. we are blessed with good people. And Kevin is, mm-hmm. Kevin is still here in a little bit different capacity, but ever encouraging as always. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. Like it's, it's really cool to think about those connections and how, you know, God brings people to Concordia and like, yeah, we still get to, now we get to be colleagues with, with Kevin. Right. Who we both had as professor. Like, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. And watching his vocation shift mm-hmm. too. And that's awesome. Yeah. So you did your DC internship in Arizona. I did. Mm -hmm. And then you came back here for fifth year as our DC program is structured at St. Paul, at least. Um, And then you actually, after graduating, took my job. I did. And I say that in a very positive way. (laughs) I took it. After I finished my two years in campus ministry, you took over. Yes. You handed off the baton. And, um, and my great training manual and all that stuff. and <laughs> Right. That I'm sure still is somewhere. It's floating in the ethers of Google Drive. Uh-huh. Um, so you did two years in campus ministry. Mm-hmm. What was that experience like for you here? Yeah, it was, I think it was a really great uh, transition point. Um, I, I kind of had the options of going into a parish right away. But I had been so involved my fifth year with campus ministry and helping to plan chapel and that kind of thing um, as a part of my student worker job, getting some extra responsibilities, which is really cool. And and kind of seeing myself in, in this role and in mm-hmm. this ministry uh, and Steve Arnold uh, creating space for me yeah. in that as well. Um, and so it just seemed like, oh, maybe this is... This is the right thing. And Barrett Grabing, who you and I both worked with, uh, he was he was one of the people who really encouraged me to consider it. Of mm-hmm. this could be a a great thing. It could be fun to work together. I loved getting to work with him and with Todd Stalker as the, our campus pastor at that time. And 
just space to be really creative, especially during Advent or Mm -hmm. Lent. Like how do we be creative with daily chapel? And um, also college students just have a different level of enthusiasm and curiosity uh, that you can just do things that you, that may not fly in in the parish. And, And so that was uh, really exciting to have some of those, have some of those opportunities. Todd was also a huge gift to Barrett and I, um, coaching us as young church workers mm-hmm. and uh, what modeling health and boundaries look like, but also um, pouring into us as communicators. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm really grateful for that, for that time and season. We also, I also had a unique opportunity too, uh, where we were here in ministry during a presidential transition as well. So I got to serve one year with president Holst, um, and then one with president Reese and kind of navigating that transition. And I think that, um, there's been a lot of transition in my tenure of ministry. Um, but to kind of set up what that looked like and, um, to be able to, to help people, ride those waves a little bit mm-hmm. of change and point to the fact that like there are things that stay the same, like God is for us with us yesterday, today yeah. and forever in the midst of this and who we are and what we're about will stay the same, even, even amidst some significant change. Mm-hmm. So, and we have another presidential transition to look forward to in the right. next couple of weeks, which is really exciting. So yeah, have my experience third. in that. <laughs> yeah. It'll be my third president. So yeah. So then wrapping up, uh, wrapping up those two years, because that was kind of what it was set out as yeah. beforehand of a two-year term. And Todd was taking a call at that point. Um, and then I got extended a call back to my internship church mm-hmm. in Arizona. So kind of yo-yoed between yeah. between Phoenix and, and here for a few times. Yeah. So you spent... Uh, Four years? I was, it was just two. Two years, Arizona, wow. Yeah, just two. Um, and they had a bunch of change mm-hmm. going on during that time and being a a steadying presence and kind of when things steadied back out there. Um, I received communication from here about how uh, CSP was saying, okay, yep, we've done the recent graduates doing two-year terms for a long time and and we want something a little bit more steady and stable to bring alongside mm-hmm. a second person for campus ministry um, going for, forth. Uh, so, yeah, I went through that process. And, it, and when I came back, it was a shared time between campus ministry and church relations. Yeah. And then eventually church relations was moved out of your role and... Mm-hmm then you're able to focus full-time on students and ministry here. Yeah, which has been such a gift. Uh, and I love doing church relations because I could, you know, live live the stories and the life with students and then be able to share with people, this is what your support yeah. does. This is what you are a part of making possible. Uh, but to be good at church relations, you need to be out and about. Mm-hmm. And to be good at campus ministry and life with college students, you need to be consistently here. And so that was a challenge. Uh, so this was a real gift when the Minnesota South District um, partnered with us in campus ministry here to be able to give us a grant uh, to kind of offset that that cost so I could just be in one role. Um, and then, of course, Jane Wilkie coming alongside yes. in church relations and being so incredible mm-hmm. um, on, on that side of things. And I still get to help support with church relations events from time to time, but it's been a real gift to be able to focus in one direction with our students. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll get back to the the whole, what campus ministry looks like here, university ministry looks like uh, in a little bit, but I can talk a little bit about your grad school experience. So oh, sure. Mm-hmm. You were back on staff here. Uh, for a couple of years, and then you decided to enroll in the Master of Fine Arts in Creative Writing program. Now, what like spurred that on for you? Yeah, so I'm actually in my sixth year back at CSP. So it was uh, just over two years ago uh, that I was kind of kicking around. You know, I'm I'm working here at the university. There's 
opportunity to be able to take continuing education Mm -hmm. uh, classes and and those types of things. And so I was looking through some of the programs and thinking, well, some of these are really practical business and leadership and stuff like that. But I wasn't really excited about, I, I mean, I'm sure it'd be useful, but it wasn't anything that I was like, oh, I'm jazzed about Mm -hmm. spending this level of time and, and money and effort. And, um, so then the, I actually saw it on Facebook, a Facebook ad about (laughs) the, the MFA program and creative writing and thought, oh my goodness, this would be so fun. And, uh, writing has always been a significant part of my life. Um, especially in the last few years and, and being able to share through blogging and some different things like that. Uh, so I thought, well, this this could be something that would really grow my writing skills, um, but also be fun and creative uh, and, and be a master's program that I would be excited about. Yeah. So <laughs> I've told a few people this, like not a lot of great motivation about starting the pro- Like it's really selfish, just like, because I wanted to, uh-huh. I, I did it. You have a passion and yeah. you want to explore that further. And Yeah, but at the same time, like, I think writing complements so many different things. Of course, it's strengthened yeah. my my ministry and, and the ways that I'm able to create things for ministry. So, so yeah, so I think it's still serving that. But, it, but there wasn't, like, some big strategic motivation. It was <laughs> like, oh, that looks cool. Let's do that. Um, which is, like, kind of the gift of working in higher ed, mm-hmm. I'm never at a loss for things I want to learn. I'm Absolutely, always like, yeah. oh, I'd love to take a photography class with Kate or a dance class with Jan. You know, I'm constantly like, oh man, well, I'll take a music theory or, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just finished the MFA program, part of the first cohort, mm-hmm. uh, finished in August um, with that. Yeah. So how would you describe the experiences that you had in that program, the things that you did, the projects, the learning? What was that like for you? It was. So I graduated uh, from undergrad in 2010. So it'd been a little bit since I'd had to write papers Mm -hmm. or do an incredible amount of reading. So I think, first of all, it was humbling to to flex some of those muscles, academic muscles. Again, and to um, to really push myself and think in a different way, um, to be exposed to a wider variety of literature, um, just something, one of the greatest gifts of the program for me, I think, is a whole nother field that I can talk about with people that is not ministry related. I hope that sounds, I hope that comes across well. Like, I think it's really important as Christians uh, to be able to talk about normal things yeah. <laughs> that don't sound like, oh, great, you're just going to come at me with Jesus stuff. Yeah. Um, so you can build more relationships. Absolutely. Or different, different, like, shaped relationships, maybe, because right. of that. You know, right. Maybe, you know, yeah, you could talk about baseball or... Right. You know, other music or writing and, and other passions. And that's really, right. it's a really good thing to develop and, and to learn and grow in those things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to, yeah, to be able to foster those relationships and build trust and camaraderie around some really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. And so um, I think that's been really helpful. Um, it was also really helpful for students, I think, to see that I was in the trenches with them mm-hmm. uh, to some degree, uh, certain, especially certain parts of the semester. Yeah. And they're like, oh, Shelly, this is so hard. I have this many pages. I'm like, yeah, me too. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, we're going to do it. Yep. It's going to be okay. Uh, so I think that was really cool. Um, it also uh, gave me another piece of life to focus on mm-hmm. where I think – um, I try to share this with students a lot. Um, our life should never just be one piece. You know, if my whole life is wrapped up in CSP ministry mm-hmm. at Concordia St. Paul, like they're not going to get my best. Yeah. Because um, I'm not setting boundaries or having space for relationships or other thoughts or rest or things I enjoy. Um, but when 
when I had some of these other blocks of time, like grad school where I'm investing and excited about something different, man, that was life-giving to what I'm doing here. Um, So trying to model that as well for them. Um, But one of my most exciting things, and this actually um, something that happened this weekend at commencement, um, I was in an online program. So the MFA program is online. So I didn't meet any of my classmates except for a couple Mm -hmm. uh, during the, the course of the program. Um, but you feel like you get to know these people and writing is really just like spilling your guts on a page (laughs) and letting somebody, uh, critique it. And that's a whole learning curve as well to be able to learn how to receive, uh, criticism. Cause I don't think we practice, there's not a whole lot of spaces and places in life where you're like, here's, here's my heart and soul. Mm -hmm. Won't you critique it? Yeah. Especially on a peer to peer level. It's very, very foreign. Right. Um, so you build this deep trust and connection with people you've never met before. Um, and I found that that was just a really rich experience for me. And a lot of what I was writing was spiritual reflection, uh, and and some personal narrative types of things. But most of the people in my class wouldn't necessarily identify themselves as a Christian. Mm -hmm. And so that opened up some incredible conversations and relationships and also just getting to model, um, not just model, but uh, show genuine care for for them and where they're coming from. So it was like kind of a merging of worlds as a student and also ministry associate. But it was really fun because one of my classmates uh, walked at commencement on Saturday and I'd never met her before. And so like waving at the stage once I figured out who she was. And then like after, of course, you know, big hugs and just like, oh my goodness, this is so great, wow. you know. <laughs> um, but what a unique, what a unique thing to feel so connected to somebody and be so excited to meet them. It was like, oh. Yeah, you've just had this like virtual connection. And then like, yeah, that the culmination then of, of the program and celebrating at commencement is just, that's a gift. Yeah. Yeah, and she and I were talking about, oh, we need to we need to reconnect because you kind of get done with this program and then you don't necessarily have a lot. These people I'm used to talking to online and everything, I haven't really since mm-hmm. then. So, but it's, yeah, so many, in so many ways, such a gift uh, to be able to have gone through that program, especially with that cohort and feel like those two years have helped me uh, to better tell the best story there ever yes. is, that of Jesus, um, and how it comes through in in my own narrative and the narrative of those around me, and so that seems really important and really exciting. and And people love story, so mm-hmm. it, it can't get like what a winsome way exactly. to tell people about the hope we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, what do you think? Like moving forward having gone through this program, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what do you think this is going to do for you in the future? That's a great <laughs> question. Uh, yeah, that's a great question. Well, one of the hopes of the program is that you would finish with something publishable. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the moment I am working on tidying my manuscript, nice. uh, in hopes that early, early 2020, it will be ready to, um, hopefully shop around a little bit to see wh- how how publishing might work out. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, honestly, beyond that, what that will look like. I do want to be more intentional about regular writing uh, and whether that be publishing articles or devotions mm-hmm. or or whatever. I'm, I'm kind of open to it. This fall, because we did get done with the program in August and then students came right at that same time for a fall semester. I haven't done much yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the way of considering that, but, um, but I do want to, I do want to be diligent about getting my manuscript uh, together to be able to publish and, and see what happens. Yeah. So, that's so awesome. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. So let's talk a little bit about CSP ministry. Yeah, um, sure. You know, for folks that aren't familiar with it, uh, can you talk a little bit about like what your philosophy is, you and Pastor Tom as the as the staff uh, for ministry here sure. on campus and beyond for all of our students uh, that aren't physically here yeah. on campus? 
Absolutely. And so that, and I'll just, I'll just say quick, that's one of the reasons why we, it, the title was changed to CSP ministry instead of campus ministry, mm-hmm. even though we use that language because that's what people are familiar with yeah. to help them understand. Um, but knowing that our community, our university community, our students are not limited to our physical campus. And so there's a really, we are um, ministering to over 5,000 students online and otherwise um, in the ones who live just a few feet from our office, yeah. <laughs> right? So um, knowing that uh, we're, we're trying to do the best we can to to walk with every student, um, but knowing that that will look different in different uh, situations. So the overall goals, we have kind of two main goals that Pastor Tom and President Reese shaped a few years back. And one is that every student would be introduced to Jesus um, and, and a lot of that, a lot of that requires partnership mm-hmm. with faculty and staff across the campus. We understand that CSP ministry is way bigger than the two of us, of course. Uh, we have a lot of student leaders that are engaged as a part of that, but also um, every student who is coming through the programs, uh, especially those sitting stepping foot on campus, they're taking two, Bible or theology classes during their time here. So we have incredible professors who are opening up the scriptures with these students who may be from a different religious background or just really don't care Mm -hmm. um, and and bringing it to life for them. And that is so cool to see. Um, So that's our heart that every student would be introduced to Jesus. And we get to have such cool conversations with students because those classroom interactions are happening uh, and then the second is to help students to discover and engage their purpose as living forgiven in the grace of Christ. And so that looks like a daily chapel where they come in and are reminded of who they are in Jesus, um, that they're they're invited to experience his grace, uh, to be called his children. Uh, and let that be their first and most important identity. I I say a lot of times uh, in my role, I drink a lot of coffee with students. Uh-huh. <laughs> I get to listen a lot. And a lot of times it's just so they can talk things out and I re- get to remind them who they are. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you're telling me about all these choices that you're making. And I need to ask you, like, do you know that you're fearfully and wonderfully made? Do you know that um, that this is how God sees you? as his kid and you, his kids don't have to live like this, mm-hmm. you know, and, and kind of peeling back, uh, some of those pieces. Of course, we work closely alongside of our, um, our counseling office yeah. and, and those pieces too. Uh, but it's just such a gift to help have, have, a, a space to remind people of who they are in Jesus, especially in college. Um, and so, and one of the taglines that Tom, Pastor Tom, and I will use a lot is, uh, "We get to point to Jesus in the midst of relationship." Mm-hmm. So, just what we were talking about before about, I have this whole new set of vocabulary to talk literature, um, and, and so what kinds of relationships get formed out of that? Or Pastor Tom and I go to, I don't know how many sporting events in the course of. <laughs> a school year or concerts or uh, club meetings or whatever. And um, we passionate be- passionately believe in the ministry of presence mm-hmm. and building these relationships and showing up and showing people that we honor and value them by showing up um, so that we can point to Jesus in the midst of that. And uh, whatever they, whatever they choose, however they respond to that, you know, is not our, not in our hands, um, but being faithful with showing up. Mm-hmm. And, You're and, available. And, yeah. And they know your faces, they know your names, and you know their faces, and you know their names. And... Yeah. As much as, as, much as we can, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's true. So, so that's kind of the heart, and, and it um, looks a lot of different ways, different days. Um, and we, we always say, too, that we're always still learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and this environment, you know, we change over students every four to five years. Yeah. 
So where in a parish setting, I think it's, I use this language where a, a parish is kind of like a lake where you can stock the pond and invest and you're going to be fishing for a long time there uh, for years and years to come uh, with the same fish in the same water. Um, but campus ministry is a lot like a river. It's just turning over and every time you get a student raised up into leadership and they're functioning the way they ought, uh, then they graduate. <laughs> and then we start over. Then, yeah, it just keeps cycling. and. Uh-huh. So, so it, it's... There's great things and hard things about that, Um, but we are constantly learning and adapting and different things resonate in different ways. And some of the things we were doing five years ago wouldn't work Mm -hmm. right now. So adaptability is huge for that. Very nimble and and flexible Mm -hmm. and willing to experiment and try new things. Um, I'm always encouraged when I see what's happening Mm -hmm. um, in ministry here because it is so, um, it's so thoughtful. Hmm. But it's also, you know, there's this creativity and this care behind it. So, mm. you know, I just commend that because it's, you know, you Thanks. you and Pastor Tom and, and everyone, you know, who's a part of that is just, you know, hm. truly a blessing to our students. So. Well, thanks for saying that. That's Absolutely, very kind. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so programming-wise, you mentioned mm-hmm. chapels here. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you want to talk a little about chapels and other programming uh, sure. that take place regularly here on at Concordia? Yeah, so we have uh, nine chapels a week, it would sort out to be. So um, some sort of chapel offering every weekday morning and then Monday through Thursday night. Uh, Those vary massively. Uh, So we do ancient orders like matins and morning prayer, and we do Celtic daily prayer as well. Uh, We also are led by chapel band uh, sometimes with a full band set up and... um, but most, most of the time, the pretty consistent thing is, not the pretty consistent, the, the everyday thing is that we would open scripture, that mm-hmm. we would sing and pray together. Those are the core things, however it might look. And trying to encourage uh, people in our community, if you come to a day of chapel and it doesn't necessarily resonate with you, come again, because it's going to be different yeah. tomorrow. And, you know, the church is made up more than just of us. <laughs> More than just of me. My preferences. More than your just preferences, of you. Yeah. Right. And so if I step into chapel and it's not something I would necessarily choose, I can know that day somebody else is probably really blessed yeah. in that space. Um, and, and to just kind of have that wider care and concern for our community. In the evenings, we have a Compline and uh, to like a contemplative uh, prayer on Tuesdays. Um, and then, of course, 908 on Wednesday night, which is for all of us who uh, were here for the fish days, the days <laughs> of fish. It's it's the the ne- child. The, the next ch- generation. The next yeah. generation of fish. Yeah, it's still very, very similar. Uh, they still do prayer time in the middle, and that's still such a sweet gift to our community. Um, yeah, do do a great job. It's it's definitely the widest attended um, chapel or ministry event on campus every mm-hmm. week. And I know it was, Fish was initially started as something that would reach out to people who weren't necessarily connected uh, to chapel or to ministry of life. And it, I think it still really functions in that mm-hmm. way. And then, of course, uh, Thursday nights we do whole and evening prayer. And then we also have um, a guys ministry and a gals ministry, the guys ministry Cornerstone and the gals ministry Propel, and they meet on Monday nights. And just students started it. We, Pastor Tom and I try really hard, just what we were talking about of learning of what's going to resonate with different generations of students. It's like, okay, part of our job is to empower you to try things. And if it fails... Okay, what do we yeah. do next? You know, that's fine. You tried, you put effort out there. And right. Uh, that's and, what college is for. Yeah. To learn, to grow. So I was like not sure how this was going to look or if it would get any traction, but it's been a great place, especially for uh, catching underclassmen uh, to have a consistent uh, community, especially around scripture and um, Christian fellowship. So that's been really cool. 
And then, of course, our Fellowship of Christian Athletes is, uh, we just have some incredible, faithful athletes on our campus, and mm-hmm. they are incredible leaders on our campus across the board. Um, so that's been really amazing to watch that. And then I lead a ministry called Peer Ministry, which basically is um, a ministry of welcome. How are we being aware of those around us? So that also means that I am a healthy human being that's not going too fast or being too busy so I can notice who's on the sidewalk next to me. Um, but then also welcoming. It's not just enough to notice people, but to be the initiator, to mm-hmm. be the inviter, uh, to get to know somebody's name, to show up and um, show care and, and build relationships. We do a bunch of relationship building uh, training at the beginning of the year, and they are a gift to our campus as well. Um, but yeah, just a lot of uh, creating opportunities for for, for students to hang out, um, for them to open their Bibles, to ask good questions. Um, and I guess one more thing I'll add, our Beautiful Feet Mission Conference. Yes, that's, that's a thing that's definitely grown here yeah. um, in just the past few years, which is really, really encouraging too. Yeah, it's kind of wild. So when I, my first year back here, I took a group to Beautiful Feet and it was hosted at, it rotates where it's hosted at Mm -hmm. among the Concordia universities. So that year it was at Concordia, Texas, and we took three students. And so that was what, six years ago. And then this last fall in November, we took 54, 54 students. It's exponential. (laughs) Yeah. It's just kind of nuts. Um, But that's been a really significant weekend for a lot of our students we got to host a few years ago. So I think a lot of people caught the fever at that point. Uh, But to have a weekend where you're immersed in uh, speakers and servant events and worship uh, and also just space, like free kind of free space and change of scenery to be able to consider, God, what what are you calling me to? What have you gifted me with? Uh, maybe to learn about some opportunities to join God's kingdom work uh, that they hadn't heard of before. I know we have at least one student right now who's uh, abroad teaching as a missionary because of getting connected with some people at Beautiful Feet. (laughs) And that's been ongoing, you know, throughout generations, Uh, but definitely significant vocation clarity and Mm -hmm. questions through that. And and just seeing that be a really important uh, event for a lot of our students to say, okay, even if I'm, I, I'm not a church work student, I'm a science student or a business student, but God wants to use me in his mission. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He super does. So what does that look like? How can we, how can we dream about that? And so that's been really fun to watch that. And just, and I always tell students when we, when you go on a trip like this, these trips change Concordia because uh, we had a ton of athletes on that trip, a ton of church work, theater, music, art, like all different kinds of students that come back with new relationships and this new uh, connection on a spiritual level as well um, to be supported. And so that's always really exciting. Yeah. And that's such a gift of Concordia, I think, is to have all uh, students in so many different areas of interest for their, for their Mm -hmm. career. Um, but yet that idea of Christian vocation that like God has things for you to do in that career field that he's not calling everyone to be pastors or teachers or DCEs. Like we need solid Christian leaders in all these career fields, all these places where they're, they're found. And it's such a gift to be able to explore that and to be, have Mm -hmm. that cultivated within our students Mm-hmm. through these experiences at Concordia. For sure. Absolutely. So, you know, what, what what's spiritual life like in, in, in the college world? Um, you know, what are some of the things that <laughs> the college students are experiencing nowadays that maybe they weren't experiencing 10, 20, 30 years ago? Um, what challenges are, are there in their lives, uh, opportunities for them to yeah. grow spiritually nowadays? Yeah, I, that's a really great question and uh, has a lot of layers, too. And I think one of the most important pieces of asking that question um, 
none of us exist in a vacuum, right? So our our generations of our generation of students right now, they're Gen Z age generation. Um, and they are experiencing, you know, higher than ever levels of anxiety of uh, they're all in a post 9-11 existence. Most of them, you know, we had September 11th just a few months ago. And every year it's a different conversation mm-hmm. that we have on campus on that day because they don't remember it. Uh, but they've lived in that anxiety of school shootings regularly, of uh, never not having social media mm-hmm. or, you know, these things. And so um, there is just a different level of intensity around around some of those topics and, um, and, and a need for coping uh, where sometimes, you know, a student will come in, I'm like, why is this seemingly small situation really um, really knocking you for a loop. And that's just where it is. That's just what the, the coping level. Mm-hmm. Um, that's almost like the norm. Right. For, for so many of them and in, in their life. Right. And so that gives, that gives us opportunity, uh, to help students cope with God's word. Um, contemplative and quiet prayer practices, like practice-based spirituality is really intriguing to a lot of our students, which is very fun. Um, I also think there's an increased amount of students just in general, because people in general, right, of students that weren't raised in Christian families, Mm -hmm. or maybe they got a taste of it, but it wasn't a big part of their life experience, but they're coming here and, and tasting something different, um, and so it seems like a really ripe harvest field. That's one of the things I love about this age range. You're just learning so much about who you are and information about the world or your career or meeting people from lots of different worldviews uh, or even religious backgrounds right here. And so that changes you. And so we get this, this kind of ripe time to say, Hey, if you're looking for truth, here it is. Hey, if you're um, looking for hope, for peace, you know, in the midst of all those anxieties, um, this is what works. This is what I've seen that works. There, there's, a, there's this Jesus where we stop in the midst of chaos and say, I don't know, but to whom shall we go? Mm-hmm. You have the words of eternal life. Like, I know it's hard, but this is, this is where I'm going. Want to come? Um so that's been a, that's why I love campus ministry because, you know, I did youth ministry for quite a while uh, with more high school and junior high age students. And a lot of times high schoolers think they know everything, think they have it figured out. And then they get to college and they're like, oh, my stars. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing and I need help. And it's like, okay, yeah, we're here. We can, let's talk that through. Let's figure this out. Uh, and and then for our church work students or students who are studying to go into ministry, it's like, okay, you also need to be asking these hard questions, and here's a safe place to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe for for students who have not been exposed to the Christian gospel or have preconceived notions about what Christianity looks like and what it means, like we try hard to be a winsome representation and I know that's not perfect. I know that, um, you know, the church is full of sinners Mm -hmm. (laughs) and there's a lot of things that, that throughout time and in current times, the church is really stepping in it. Um, but we, we do our best to be a winsome representation of walking in love and complexity and, and telling people the truth. Um, with great kindness and, and hope and, and like scripture saying, um, always being ready to give, give a reason for the hope that you have. Um, and so that's one of the things that I, I really love knowing that, you know, I, I've made a great friendship with one of our Saudi students Mm. this semester and she and I have worked on a few of her 
papers together for one of her Bible classes because I'm like, oh, my stars. It is hard enough to write this paper in English. Yeah. But you're like thinking thoughts in Arabic and then trying to figure out the words. And I'm like, I'm not even writing the paper and this is really hard. (laughs) Um, But just moments like that where, you know, I don't know what God's going to do with that conversation or or that relationship. And, and so we just get to be faithful, Mm -hmm. um, in the midst of that, knowing we don't do anything perfectly, but we just try our best to, to show up and, um, and be a winsome and supportive presence for our students. Be used by the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. in in so many ways. I mean, you you think about the, the parable of the seed and sure, you know, all we can do as believers is point people to Jesus. Right. It's the Spirit's job to grow faith. Right. And it's really cool to have the opportunity to do that here. Right. I mean, there's so much. People are coming to Concordia from around the world and so many places, and here they can hear yeah. who Jesus is for them. Yeah. And, and there could be, life could be a lot simpler, right? If we said, okay, this is a, we only accept Lutheran students to study Lutheran things all the time. Uh, life could be a lot simpler, but I think the tension is what gives us such great gospel potential yeah. that we get to we get to m- watch these worlds meet and sit with people in their challenges as they sort that out and not be afraid of big hairy questions that mm-hmm. people have. Like, I'm not going to try to say that I know all the answers because I don't, but we can sit in this together. Uh, and I think that's one of, honestly, one of the biggest gifts that we can give to our college age and young adults right now is not being afraid of questions um, or of challenging topics. Like they want to discuss that and they're thinking about it and to give them a spot to say, you know, Jesus isn't afraid of your doubts or of your questions. Like, he's just not. And so let's just sit there and and under the under the cross of Christ, there's so much room to wrestle. Mm-hmm. And I think giving giving lots of permission um, for for students to to wrestle and say, okay, if Christ is our anchor, if my doubts and my questions and my fears are rocking the boat a little bit, that's we're going to come through the other side of it. Um, yeah. It's really fun. A lot of days to walk those journeys uh, with students and say, you're going to, this is, it's hard right now, but it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm, totally. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for yeah. joining me today and uh, for your work in uh, bringing the gospel to students Hmm. at CSP, whether they're here physically or uh, connected digitally uh, to us. So blessings on your ministry. Yeah. Yeah.